0: You're listening to Lies and Half-Truths, tales written and performed by A. P. Weber. We're on the third part of an ongoing fantasy adventure story called Cascade Rock, if you haven't already, be sure to listen to the first two parts before continuing with this one. When we left off last time, poor Darl had been tracked down by the feared bounty hunter, Adracia the Inescapable, and arrested for stealing that mysterious map from the dreaded Lord of Teeth, Baron Redway. Will Darl be returned to the Baron for punishment? Or will his half kin band find a way to free him? The answer? On this episode of Lies and Half Truths. Cascade Rock part 3 For the next hour or so, Daryl sat sullenly Head bowed, nearly to his knees. When his brother arrived, he didn't rise to greet him, nor did he lift his head. I shouldn't have brought you here, Darl said. It was very stupid of you, ven agreed. She's called Adracia the Inescapable, for a reason. Darl shuddered. I know. And you stole from the dreaded warlord Baron Redway, wearer of the crown of teeth scourge at the frontier for a half-kin is very, very stupid. I know. And now it appears the Baron plans to mete out his vengeance and reclaim his property. That's about the size of it. Well, it's a good thing we're getting out of here. That's for the best, Darl said, resignation thick in his throat. If you return the map... To Adracia, before you all flee, perhaps the Baron will sate his anger on me and not hunt the rest of our band. I don't think so, Ben said. Didn't you hear me? We are getting out of here. You as well. For the first time since he heard his brother's light footfalls enter the room, Darrell looked up. To his surprise, Ben was not alone. The sturdy, barrel-chested shape of Magistrate Rettin stood silently beside him. Daryl Hafkin, the magistrate began in his gruff, authoritative voice. For crimes of reckless mischief and destruction of public and private property, I hereby sentence you to exile in the valley above the fall. May you find a way. To repay the damage you've caused or die in the wilderness far from any civilization darl stared wide-eyed at the magistrate saw that coming bill said from his stool shut up bill darl snarled Rutten cleared his throat bill please step out i need a moment with the prisoner. As Bill crossed in front of Darl's cage, he cast the half-kin a cockeyed look. It was nice knowing you, he said. That's a death sentence. Once the door was closed behind Bill, the magistrate produced a ring of keys and unlocked Darl's cell. Your mother visited me, he said. She and your brother here showed me the map. They were able to translate bits of it. The Valley of the Gods. Of course, we here in Cascade Rock already know about the legends of ancient treasure-obsessed gods. It's partly what brought the First Men all the way out here. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let a bloodthirsty warlord like Redway get his hands on it before us. You must know it's dangerous above the falls. Deadly. It is a realm forgotten by time, and undisturbed by man, and I tell you, the Fae still dwell there if not the gods of old. Few who have ventured far into that mist-shrouded land have returned to tell the tale, but until now no one had a map. So, I exile you, Darl. But what wealth you find shall pay your debt to Cascade Rock first. After that, a tithe is owed. Your mother has agreed to this. In return, you shall be as good as dead to the great Baron, and his beloved map lost. Are these terms acceptable to you? Darl's mouth had been hanging slack the entire time Retton spoke, and now words in answer to the question eluded him. Yes, Ben put in definitively. They are acceptable, and we thank you. Wait, Darl said, eyes narrowing on Retton. You'd risk the wrath of Baron Redway for a halfkin? Why? Retton's thick chest heaved with a heavy, long-suffering breath. The way I see it, your life is the only thing I'm risking. Redway is not the only one with an imperial mandate. If he lays siege to Cascade Rock, he'll disrupt the flow of hardwood to the capital. The immortal Emperor's shipwrights will be very put out, should that happen. And I will admit to taking some pleasure from denying, so onerous an individual as Redway, something he desires. Darl looked at his brother and shuddered. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Good, Retton said. You have this evening to prepare for your expedition. Tomorrow I will inform the bounty hunter of my judgment. I suggest that you be well away into the wilds by then. She does not seem like the type of person to take disappointing news with grace. The summer rays waned in the far west when Daryl and Van emerged from the sheriff's station upon the flagstone road in Cascade Rock Heights. What's the plan? Darl said through the side of his mouth, leaning confidingly toward his brother. We skip town tonight? Ben returned a long, heavy-browed stare. No, Daryl, he said deliberately. We are going out into the Valley of the Gods to hunt treasure, just as we've promised to do. Really? Darl said. Mama thought that was a good idea? No, you oath. She didn't think it was a good idea. But what other option do we have now? Even if you return the map to Redway, he's going to kill you anyway. You'll be safer out there looking for treasure. And if you actually find any, well, with enough wealth, even the Lord of Teeth won't be able to touch you. But you shouldn't have to come with me, Darl said, his head bowed low. You'd never survive without me. Besides. Mama and I had a look at the map. There are more than temples out there. This map shows the location of a vault. Darl pumped his fist in the air. I knew it! Is it full of treasure? Ben nodded solemnly. A dragon's hoard. Darl scrunched up his brow. Maybe that's just, what do you call it? A metaphor. There's no such thing as dragons. Not anymore, right? Van clenched his narrow shoulders. I don't know. But either way, it's bound to be a fortune. Darl, imagine what our people could do with a virtual dragon's hoard. Pay off our outstanding debts, make loans to hard-luck noblemen, and put the shoe on the other foot for a change. Settle down somewhere safe where we don't have to run grifts or sell bogus elixirs. You've thought about this a lot. Haven't you? Maybe. But listen, even if you weren't running for your life from a bloodthirsty warlord, I think going out there would be worth the risk. Darl smiled down at his brother. I'm glad you came around. Morning mist spilled out over the ancient dam like a second slothful fall, and tumbled down into the dell, drenching cascade rock and moisture as it clung to the cliff wall and slowly pooled in the cracks and divots and troughs of the town's architecture. Darl and Ven stood upon the dam's smooth, ancient capstones. Behind them, the known frontier sloped away to the horizon, shrouded in the cloak of fleeing night. Somewhere back there, beyond the world's curve, were farms, towns, cities of empire, and the vast open sea. The world of men, slowly growing tame and civilized, even though still plagued by barbarism and violence. Ahead, the Dawn's Edge Mountains rose in a dark wall, her white-capped peaks reddening in the faint, growing morning sunlight, Dragonfire Lake twisted away from them, disappearing and reappearing behind cottony mist-drifts and countless folds in the landscape. There was no breath of wind, and where the lake's shadowy surface lay open to the sky, it reflected the fading starlight in its still gloss. Unfamiliar bird songs, along with strange throaty calls and croaks, sounded from thick boughs and reeds on the distant shores the dam's massive capstones ran from north to south, terminating at each end into sheer rock faces that towered unassailable into the air. The capstones served as a thoroughfare, running between wooden buildings hanging over the edge on one side, and the small fishing boats docked against free-floating piers in the water on the other. Here, at the narrow tip of the lake, Where the water flow had been stopped up in an unknown age, something of a cove had formed, protected by steep rock walls. Darl breathed deep through his nostrils. Doesn't look so scary. Humans can be so mamby-pamby sometimes. Maybe, but I did find a fisherman willing to take us out past the cove. How did you do on the supplies? Great. Great? Really good. Really good. I found almost everything we need. Almost everything? Most of the important things. Most? Yeah. I got this bit of rope from Amadeus's place, and this bag of millet I got for a steal. Can you believe they were going to feed it to livestock? But not an actual steal, right? What do you mean? Never mind. Did you get a lamp? What do we need that for? You don't think it's going to be dark in an abandoned temple? Maybe, but it's too late now. We have to be off before the sun's up. Doral, we are going to be out in the wild for I don't know how long. I don't think you're properly appreciating how treacherous it's going to be out there. Maybe... If you lecture me long enough, I'll get it. Boys, stop arguing. A stern voice rebuked them. Mom? Darl threw his arms around the statuesque woman who had quietly approached through the early morning gloom. She stood nearly as tall as him, broad shouldered, her face slate smooth and angular. Her only soft features were her searching eyes and her rounded bottom lip that bulged but effectively concealed her prominent incisors. My foolish boy, she said, embracing him in return. You've brought the wrath of the toothed crown down upon yourself. Darl held his mother at arm's length for a moment and looked at her with brows askew why does everyone keep fretting about that the crown of teeth what's the big deal his mother's eyes shone with sorrow she reached out and touched his face oh my foolish foolish boy for a moment longer darl held his mother's sad gaze this woman char del Burro, chief of the band The brave and wise leader who overcame so many obstacles to protect and prosper her clan and family now looked on him, not with fearfulness, but with sorrow, as if he were already dead. Mama? She stroked his face and said, stay with your brother, protect each other, listen to him. He is wise, but do not forget that you possess a kind of wisdom of your own. A failure to act is as foolish as impetuousness. Mama, I'll be fine, he began to reassure her, but she put her fingers to his lips to silence him. Yet she said nothing more. He felt his brother's hand on his shoulder. Just say goodbye, Ben said in a hushed voice. I'll explain about the crown of teeth. On the boat. The captain of the small vessel made up for the deficit of hair on his head with abundant scraggles in his ears and nostrils and on his sloping chin. He watched the Hafkin brothers from the tiller as they sat facing him, rowing out into the still morning water. Are we going to row all the way there? Darrell said, glancing over his shoulder. And where is there exactly? "'I imagine,' replied Venn, with an inquiring look at the fisherman. "'The wind will pick up after we get out from the shelter of this cove.' The fisherman made no reply to this, so Venn went on. "'As for weir, I discussed with our esteemed captain here. "'The nearest location marked on the map. "'It's the temple of a deity called Raywin.' "'God or goddess?' "'A god, I think.' "'Name sounds like a goddess.' Well, if I'm interpreting the runic gender signifier correctly. At that moment, the fisherman spoke with abrupt foreboding. It is a cursed place, he cried. I have seen it rising from the depths in the gloomy mist. A leviathan guards the temple with great rows of dagger teeth in its gaping maw. The brothers stared wide-eyed at the fisherman for a long moment. Finally, Darl spoke up. "'That's interesting. But, um, you're still going to take us there, right?' The fisherman grunted. "'We will stay close to the shore as we travel. Also a dangerous prospect. But I will not risk a voyage through the dark water of the open lake.' "'Right,' Darl nodded, glancing sidelong at his brother. "'That makes sense, I guess.' Though you see the instruments of fishing on this vessel, you are never to take them up once we are outside the cove. There, such action is likely to draw down the wrath of the leviathan, who is fiercely jealous of her hunting ground. Ven ceased pulling on his oar momentarily. You only fish in the cove. It is the only safe water, confirmed the fisherman. So this... Monster. Never comes in here. Never. We're going off course. Pull your weight. Yeah, Darl put in. Pull your weight. Then resumed. And you've seen this Leviathan? With my own eyes. Like a serpent? About the thickness of a tree trunk? Of a great tree trunk, yes. Of course. The thickest tree you've ever seen. And said, and then looked at Darl with a smirk. We'll be on the lookout for logs. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Lies and Half-Truths. This episode was written and performed by A.P. Weber and produced by Meg Weber. Our theme was provided by Josiah Martins. Original music by Weep Bar. Musical production help from Mackenzie Stubbert. Consider liking, sharing, or reviewing this podcast wherever you listened to it. You can also support me, A.P. Weber, on Patreon. In any case, please join us again next time for more Lies and Half-Truths.